O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. Today we are going to depart from our usual reading from the scriptures because I want to share with you a very important message from Lars Enerson. His message is called Israel, COVID-19, and Deception, an Urgent Prayer Alert. This is an outstanding message with key insights that I have not heard anywhere else. Please enjoy this message. Hallelujah. The King is coming. Amen. So I have been looking forward to this morning. Uh, He gave me um, a message that was a surprise to me, but I I realized that I've had this word in me for quite some time. And this morning is the time to give it. I really thank God for the privilege of being here with you. Because this is the stage that God has said to set to release this word. It's not only for you. Uh, Really, this word is for the world at this time. And uh, but you know, God chose chooses different places to to uh, speak from. And this He has chosen you this morning to be the instrument to release this word to the nations. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Before I go into that, I want to mention just briefly about the books that I have on the table outside. Uh, I brought this book last year. I know some of you have read it already. The Joy of the Whole Earth, Jerusalem and the Future of the World. Hallelujah. If you haven't, I recommend you to get it. It's out there on the book table. And then I have a brand new book for this visit to the United States. And it's called Birth Pangs of Messiah and the Salvation of Israel. So uh, that one I can recommend to you as well. That it's very up to date. It's current. And it uh, deals with how we need to be praying at this time. Um, I released that booklet together with my old one on the stumbling stone, the scriptural testimony of the divinity of Messiah. So it's a special deal when you get both. And um, then you can also sign up out there in the foyer at the table if you want to receive my prayer alert that comes out every month. And by the way, it's not the Elijah list, but it's the Elijah prayer army. (laughs) 
Elijah List is something different. I think there it, um, I heard about it, but it's not my uh, material. So, are you ready now to go to the Lord in prayer? And we're going to pray that he will release this word, his word, this morning. Father in heaven, we thank you for Shabbat. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for your son. We thank you for the Messiah, Yeshua, the Messiah. Hallelujah. Come into the world. You sent him to provide salvation and eternal life for all of us. I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for your people here uh, at Beit Tehillah. And I pray, we thank you for your presence in our midst this morning. And I pray that you will release your word through my lips today. And that you will give everyone who hears this word ears to hear what you're saying. In Yeshua's mighty name we pray. Amen. Are there no breaks on this one? So I, I can't lean on it because then I will fall. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you hear about the, the young preacher who just came out of seminary and he was going to have his first sermon. And um, he was preaching from the book of Revelation. Behold, I come quickly. <laughs> Maybe you've heard this already. And uh, what they have told him that that in case you should lose your thought and, and you do not, uh, you know, you, you just it, your mind goes blank. So just take a step back and, and repeat what you just said. And usually it will begin to f flow. So he said uh, this morning I'm going to preach from the book of Revelation. The Lord says, behold, I come quickly. And his mind got totally blank. So he thought, I'll start all over again. He said, the Lord says, behold, I come quickly. Still nothing. So a third time he made an attempt. And so he took a few steps back. And when he, he stepped forward, he tripped over a microphone cord. And he fell in the arms of a big woman at the front seat. And he said, uh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. She said, no, son, don't be sorry. After all, you warned me three times. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are living in very special days, very special times. And I want us to begin this morning in Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2. We read from verse 1. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first. Uh, if you have the King James, I think it says apostasy, correct? 
or falling away. Okay, uh, falling away. But really, the word is best translated as rebellion. Okay, as the rebellion. Rebellion against what? The rebellion against the Lord. Um, and it's talking about not, it doesn't say a rebellion. It says until the rebellion takes place a special rebellion and that rebellion is described uh, in many places but we can go uh, to the second psalm and read that about this rebellion from verse one why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord. They take counsel together against the Lord and against his Messiah, his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. This is a very clear description of the uh, anti-Christian rebellion the anti-Messianic rebellion that is going to sweep the nations before the Lord returns. They're going to rebel against him, trying to cast off their cords. And so uh, the Lord's boundaries. And so uh, the Apostle Paul calls it uh, this lawlessness, that it's a lawlessness, it's a rebellion against God's set laws. And uh, it's interesting in some translations when it says here in my Bible, the ESV translation, that the rulers take counsel together. Some translations translate that as they conspire together. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's become like a, a um, catchword in, in these days about Conspir uh, conspiration theory, you call it, right? Conspiracy theories, that's, that's right. English is not my mother tongue, okay? So, uh, conspiracy theories. It's talked about in the Bible that there will be a worldwide conspiracy against the Lord. An anti-Christian conspiracy where they're going to globally come against in the nations, the kings and the rulers are going to uh, rebel, make an uproar against the Lord. And of course, if we continue to read there, I, I just close it down. But if you continue to read the next verse, you see how futile this rebellion is. Because it says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. That's an encouragement to us this morning, that what is happening today in the world in a rebellion against God, I liken this sometimes to an ant on the railroad tracks when the freight train is coming, trying to say, oh, you can't come here. It's a little futile. That's, that's how Lord, the Lord looks at this. He laughs at this rebellion against him. We have to magnify God. In these days, lift him up to realize how big God we have. I, I listened the other day to a YouTube 
that was called just a five-minute YouTube on PragerU. Some of you know about that. Um, yeah, those YouTubes. Uh, they've had about the last figure I saw was 5.7 billion views on the PragerU videos. One of them was called Does Science Speak For or Against God? And the man there who had that um, short video, he said that actually today the greatest proof for God that there is a God comes from science. Isn't that interesting? And he quoted, you know, a scientist from the big universities, for instance, uh, one of the professors at Cambridge who said that the the, uh, the the more we know about the universe, the greater the probability that there is a creator uh, gets as the best explanation of why we are here. And he talked about the, oh, I don't know even what it's called now in, in English, but the... Um, uh, uh, Quadrillion, I think was the name. The quadrillion planets out in space. You know, the earth is one. But there are quadrillions, plural. That is one with 24 zeros after. That's how many planets that are out in space. And the universe, the scientists... They have discovered that the universe is so intricately, how do you say it? In, yeah, anyway, it's, it's, it's uh, set up in such a way that if the system would deviate the slightest, the whole universe would implode. I mean, there is no chance when it comes to it. It's such an order. The, the probability that the universe came about just by accident is the same as if you took a coin and you flipped it, um, I think, eight trillion times, and it comes up as head every time. I say sometimes that, you know, the probability that the earth came about just through a, a big bang is the same as there, uh, if there was an explosion in a print shop and out came this uh, dictionary. <laughs> that chance is not too big. So science speaks for God. We have a God who created these endless, endless planets and the stars. No wonder he, he sits in heavens and he thinks, if man can, should rebel against me, that is so stupid. That is ridiculous. And yet that is what is happening. We have Satan has come uh, to, to deceive people. And there is such a deception going around today in the earth. So... Um, Let's go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 
And we're going to uh, read, skip down to verse 8. Um, and then the lawless one, that's the Antichrist, will be revealed whom the Lord Yeshua will kill with the breath of his mouth. Hallelujah. And bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. He's just going to show up and say a few things and the enemy is just going to disintegrate. Uh, one translation, it's... <laughs> Hallelujah, we have a great God. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So one translation says he's going to destroy him by the brightness of his appearing. <laughs> he has such glory that when the, when the veil is lifted and his, his glory is revealed, the enemy cannot stand it. He's just going to be destroyed by the brightness of his appearing. Hallelujah. But let's read on here now in verse 9. The coming of the Antichrist, the coming of the lawless one, the one who is behind this rebellion against God and his commandments, is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing. Shall we read that again? It's by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing, with, with strong deception. And it's and they are going to perish because they refuse to love the truth. They refused to love the truth and so be saved. Now I'm going to speak about truth in a moment. Because really the end time, just remember this, the end time battle between the forces of darkness and the forces of light is primarily a battle about the truth. That's the essence of this spiritual battle going on. It's a battle about the truth. What is the truth? You know, Pilate asked that question when Yeshua stood before him. What is truth? Do we have absolute truth somewhere where we know Yeshua said, sanctify them in truth. Hallelujah. Your word is truth. Hallelujah. Love this book. Read this book. Study this book. Get it into you because that is the truth. And the truth will set you free. Hallelujah. The truth will make you victorious. Hold on to truth. This is the written word. Well, then we have the living word. Yeshua says, I am the truth. Hallelujah. 
And then he said in John chapter 14. Hold a finger there in 2 Thessalonians because I'm coming back. In John chapter 14, he says something so important and wonderful from verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. Oh, hallelujah. Say another helper. One more time. Another helper. A third time, another helper. Oh, hallelujah. I heard you had celebrated Shavuot here. Come on. Another helper to be with you forever. Verse 17. Even the spirit of truth. Hallelujah. He is the spirit of truth. And he will lead us and guide us. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. The spirit of truth that you only can receive when you are born again and you have your sins forgiven. And if you keep to his word, hallelujah, then he will send you another helper, even the spirit of truth who will lead you and guide you into all truth. Hallelujah. And it's for free. No, it's not really for free. What? No, you, you have to keep his commandments. You have to be faithful to the truth of God's word. And then he will give you another helper, even the spirit of truth. So, um, so if you keep my, if you love me, you love the truth. I am the truth, Yeshua said just a few verses earlier. You will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and he will be with you. Now, that should be an occasion to dance a few times around here. <sighs> Later. <laughs> oh. Hallelujah. Verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And then it says in verse 21 again. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. We sang about this, you know, show your glory, manifest your presence. If you love him and keep his commandments, if you obey what is written in this book as your number one priority, you read it every day to see how you can love him more and obey him better. 
And I have this Bible reading plan that is my closest companion together with my Bible that I use every day. It's, it's not there. Okay. But I'm going to get uh, tell the pastor to order a, a, a box of the Bible reading plans. You know, so you can write down in those journals what God shows you. So you can be more mature and grow more into be like him. Isn't that exciting? Hallelujah. Until you are fully mature. It says in 2 Thessalonians 3. I'm not done there in John 14. But 2 Thessalonians. No, 2 Timothy 3. Excuse me. 2 Timothy 3. All scripture is breathed out by God. Comes from his mouth. All this whole book is from God's mouth. And you know it says man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from his mouth. This is an eternal word that God spoke thousands of years ago. But it still speaks. It is never old. It is always in the now. God speaks when we take it to heart. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. Say profitable. It's good with profit. (laughs) It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God and the woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So that's how you should read this book. You know, I need to just mention in passing here, uh, the Jewish people, they have four annual fasts. that are linked to the destruction of Jerusalem. One of them is the fast uh, in the month of Tevet. And one of the reasons for that fast, you have to follow me now so you don't so I don't lose you. One of the reasons for that fast was when the Hebrew scriptures were translated into Greek. Why would that be a cause of fasting? Wasn't that wonderful that the Bible could be translated so the people who don't know Hebrew can read it? Now, do you know what the rabbi said? They said they wept because now many people will begin to read this book without being committed to obey it. And that's a curse. If you read this book just in order to get knowledge or information instead of getting instructions for how you are to live. It is is dangerous. I don't know why this this microphone, okay? All right. So going back to John 14, and then we're going to come to 2 Thessalonians again. Here comes a helper, another helper. (laughs) Thank you. Do you hear me now? 
You hear me better. That's good. Thank you so much, brother. So John 14, back here again. I'm reading verse 21. It's so wonderful. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me, loving, Yeshua said, I am the truth. He will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Good question. They didn't know this about his death and burial, resurrection, going back into his father, being, uh, you know, uh, so... That's why he asked. And Yeshua answered him once again now for the third time. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. You never love God more than you love this book. That is very important because I travel to many places and, and you know, you have this idea that you... You show that you love God by telling him over and over again, you know, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Well, you can do that, that's okay. But you really prove your love to him by how faithful you are to what he has said. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And then he comes again, and my father will love him, and we will come to him. (laughs) You don't have to go, I mean, you need to come here uh, to worship with all the saints. But God is promising, if you love this book, God is going to come to you. He's going to move in. (laughs) Hallelujah. We will come to him, the Father and the Son, and make our home with him. Never alone. Never alone. He is with you always. 24-7. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, going back now to 2 Thessalonians. I am soon done with the introduction. I'm serious. So, verse 9 in the second chapter. The coming of the lawless one, the rebellious one. The one who... Sets himself up against God. Is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. And with all wicked deception for those who are perishing. Because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Look now what it says in verse 11. Therefore God sends them a strong delusion. So that they may believe what is false. Or as it is translated in most translations. So that they will believe a lie. In order that they may be condemned. Who did not believe the truth. But had pleasure in unrighteousness. Let's read some other texts about this, um, this wicked deception that is going to come upon all the nations. 
for everyone who does not love the truth. In Daniel chapter 8, this is uh, prophesied. We're going to read uh, verse 9 to 12. This is Daniel's vision uh, about the ram and the goat. Um, And it says about the goat in verse 8, He became exceedingly great, but when he was strong, the great horn was broken, and instead of it came up four conspicuous horns towards the four winds of heaven. Uh, Out of one of them came a little horn. Now, for most Bible theologians, uh, this is also a description about the Antichrist, called here the little horn which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. It grew great even to the host of heaven, and some of the host and some of the stars it threw down to the ground and trampled on them. It became great even as great as the prince of the host. And the regular burnt offering was taken away from him, and the place of his sanctuary was overthrown. I'm not going to dwell on this now. But look at verse 12, what it says here. And a host will be given over to it, that is to the little horn, together with the regular burnt offering because of transgression. And, okay, let me see here what I have. Um, Yes. And look what it says. And it will throw truth to the ground. And it will act and prosper. Satan is going to succeed for a little time to throw truth to the ground. Truth is going to be um, trampled on. Because he's going to rule through lies. John says in 1 John chapter 2 that who is the liar? It is the Antichrist. He is the liar. And he is sent by Satan, who is the father of lies. So he knows, he's a deceiver, and he knows how to to destroy truth. He's been an expert on that for thousands of years. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 59. I'm going somewhere with this. (laughs) So I hope you can follow me. Uh, to the end here, because you are, you love Israel, I love Israel, and this is going to have an application very importantly for Israel. Amen? Amen. It says in uh, Isaiah chapter 59, verse 14 and 15, talking about this time of rebellion against God, justice is turned back. And righteousness stands far away. For truth has stumbled in the public squares. And uprightness cannot enter. Truth is lacking. And he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. This is describing what is happening right now. It is that truth is has stumbled in the public squares. You know, in the public squares in, the, in biblical times, that's where people assembled 
to talk about the latest news, to, to uh, discuss what was going on. Today, this is the media. And here it says truth has stumbled in the public square. Today, truth is not uh, making progress in the media. It's, it's, being, uh, it's not successful. And it's, in fact, in verse 15, it says truth is lacking. This has been prophesied about our times, what is happening. Uh, one more passage on this in Revelation chapter 12, familiar passage. Um, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9. And the great dragon was thrown down. Um, let's read actually from verse 7 here for the sake of context. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan. You know the serpent that was in the Garden of Eden that deceived Eve, all right? That is he's called the devil and Satan, and it says... What he's doing, the deceiver of the whole world. And he is going to work over time in the end times to, if possible, deceive, even if it was the elect, if he could be able to do that. You have to therefore hold on to truth for dear life. That is, you hold on to the word of of truth, the word of God, stay close to the scriptures because then Yeshua, who is the truth, will send the spirit of truth to expose what is of the enemy. All right? Hallelujah. So he is the deceiver of the whole world. In fact, if you go to 1 John chapter 5, I want to read a lot of scripture here so you have something to stand on. In verse 19, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 19 says, We know that we are from God, hallelujah, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Now God is sovereign over him, but this world without God is in the hands of the evil ones, Satan the deceiver who deceives the whole world. How can we escape that deception? Only by holding fast to the truth and living in righteousness. Because then we can have the helper of the Holy Spirit to understand what is the truth. Uh, in the end times, we're going to go uh, to the book of Revelation now again, and I want to look at chapter 18. It talks about an evil system that is going to rise in the earth, inspired by Satan, the deceiver. And it's called Babylon. So 
Revelation chapter 18 describes this, this entire society called Babylon. Do you know that um, Amazon is right now building a replica of the Tower of Babel outside of Washington, D.C.? Uh, and <laughs> it's, it's this attempt by mankind, just like they did when they gathered together at the Tower of Babel, uh, to make that tower that would reach up into heaven. Jewish uh, tradition says, why did they build that tower? Because God had destroyed the earth through a flood. They said, we must build something that is very big so we can escape if, in case there is another flood. Anyway, but the, it's, it's an act of rebellion against God to replace God, to build something high that would reach up into heaven. Now, look with me something at something that is, I think, amazing. What it says in verse 23, when God is judging this evil system that kills the prophets and the apostles in the earth, it says in the second part of that verse, verse 23, about Babylon in the end times, your merchants... Or you can translate that as your businessmen. Okay, it's the same. Those who are dealing with business, merchants. They, you were the great ones in the earth. Do you know something? That politicians today are losing power. They are not really in charge. The democratic system is falling apart. This world is more and more ending up in the hands of a few wealthy businessmen. They are the ones who are ruling more and more behind the scenes. And God said that in his word. 2,000 years ago in the book of Revelation that in the end time, Babylon rebellion against God. The ones who will call the shots, they will be the businessmen. And then it says how they are going to deceive the world. It says, and all nations were deceived by your sorcery. The Greek word there for sorcery, hold on to your seat if you didn't know about it already. The Greek word for sorcery is pharmakeia. And you check that in the Strong's Concordance and you will see that the first meaning of that word means the use of medicine or drugs. I suggest to you, and I don't have time to prove it, but I suggest to you that over the past hundred years, there has been a deliberate strategy by wealthy businessmen to take over the pharmaceutical industry. 
And through the use of drugs or medicine, they will use that to deceive the world. I listened to uh, recently to a YouTube. No, it's not a YouTube because YouTube will not allow it. It was a video anyway on the internet, some kind of kind of channel, by a former CEO of Pfizer. Pfizer is one of the biggest uh, pharmaceutical industries today in the world. And um, his name is Michael Yidon. And he said in that video that, I mean, he has worked for about 40 years in the medical industry as a CEO within a department of Pfizer. Pfizer is the main producer of the vaccines that are now distributed around the world. And he says this uh, in this video, and I will just go straight to the point. Everything, that basically everything that we have been told about the present virus called the COVID is a lie. It has some parts of truth to it, he says, but the truth is twisted in order to deceive people for one purpose alone, for the purpose of taking control over humanity. And he says, we are standing right now on the brink of hell in the world. Well, and he says, I mean, as an expert in the medical field, he lists certain proofs to why this is a deception that we're watching right now before our very eyes. I mean, not everything is false, what they're saying, but there is a false, there is a twist to the truth that makes it deceive people. The virus is real. People are dying. People are getting sick. You cannot deny that. And I believe personally, I cannot prove it to you, I'm not an expert, but I believe personally that the virus is humanly produced. It's been, it's been on purpose produced by, by these evil people taking control of the world through medicine. Now, number one, for instance, he as an ex expert can, can say, the reports about the deaths from this COVID is, uh, you know, it's done in such a way that if you test positive for COVID and you die within 24 days, you are reported as dying uh, uh, from COVID. And it doesn't matter if you end up in a car accident or, uh, you know, if you have seven fatal diseases forever, whatever it is, have you tested positive? The reason is reported for your death that it, you died through COVID. He said that has never happened. We have never reported deaths like this ever in history. It is totally unique in order to, to increase the so-called deaths from this COVID. 
And you have the second thing, for instance, the unreliability of the PCR tests. They are not reliable. Some even go as far as up to uh, over 90% of all the tests are not, are not uh, accurate. And scientists agree with that. Uh, in fact, the one who invented the PCR test, <laughs> he was a Jew and I believe even Israeli, uh, at least I know it was a Jewish scientist. He said the PCR test is not meant to detect virus sicknesses like it's been used for. It, it, that method is not, uh, is not for that purpose. Much to say about that. And then he lists, for instance, these so-called lockdowns that have been used. He said, we have never throughout history ever treated a virus infection with lockdowns. That is a completely new way of trying to curb disease. And he says it's absolutely not effective. He is also questioning the asymptomatic transmission, uh, which is causing us to wear face masks. You know, he says, naturally throughout all of history, if you are sick, you know it. And, <laughs> and, if, you, and if you are sick, other people know it. You know, so that there is even natural instincts we have. If somebody, <coughs> you know, we take a step, uh, you know, just... So there are natural ways of, of protecting yourself. Without. And do you know there is a, uh, a Jewish rabbi in Israel. Listen to this. This is kind of interesting. Now, let me tell you this before I say that. Nothing of what I'm telling you here this morning is meant to condemn anybody. I'm, I don't care if you have taken the... Vaccines, if you're wearing face masks, do whatever you think you should do. But I'm, I'm giving you some information that I think can be helpful, okay? So there is a rabbi in Israel. His name is Hananiah Weissman. And he quotes a medieval commentator when it comes to the passage in Isaiah chapter 24. Let's go and read that passage. Isaiah chapter 24. This is very interesting. Um, where it says uh, in, no, chapter 25, excuse me. Chapter 25, let's read from verse 7 to 9. Um, God says so wonderfully about Jerusalem. He will swallow up on this mountain. That's Jerusalem, <laughs> hallelujah, Mount Zion. The covering that is cast over all peoples. Now, uh, let me read you a more literal Hebrew translation of that verse. It says, he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is drawn over the faces of all the peoples. And he quotes a medieval, I mean, that's a long time ago, medieval times. A, a commentator with the um, going by the name Radak, Rabbi David Kimchi, he says that uh, this verse is that 
about the veil that is covering the faces of peoples is a hint to a kingdom where they will cover their faces. So this rabbi, he said that this is actually making it easier for us to recognize the uh, Gog and Magog forces. That's the Jewish way of talking about the anti-Christian forces in the end times. Because it will be a veiled people. It will be a people with face masks. And he says that uh, this is actually, according to him, a sign of idolatry. Why? Because today, this idolatry, and I quote him, could be a false belief in the media, in experts, and in politics. Idolatry is a belief that a power other than God is running the world. And it comes from a place of fear. And he says, at Mount Sinai, the children of Israel made the golden calf because Moses took so long in coming that they became afraid. He stayed up on the mountain so long. They said, we don't know what has happened to this Moses. We need to come up with something. Something that can lead us to the promised land. So let's make a golden calf because they were afraid. Uh, So they made an idol to stand in God's place and they ascribe power to that golden calf. Now, here's the interesting thing. The Torah refers to the golden calf with the Hebrew word that is uh, mesacha which means a mask. (laughs) Okay, he says, there may not actually be a bowing down to idols today, but people are setting up new idols out of fear for the virus. And he continues, they wear masks and ascribe powers to the mask that don't exist. Even the politicians who mandate the mask, don't believe in it. They wear some blue piece of cloth that all wear rather than an effective mask that they really can afford if they wanted to. And as soon as the cameras are turned off, they remove it. Because it's a show. It's like a, 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 an image that we ascribe power to that is not really based on facts and truth. Um, and he says, the prophet stated... In, the, in Isaiah chapter 25, um, that the identifying characteristics of the forces that will go to war to prevent the arrival of Messiah is uh, people that will wear masks. You know, it's a, it's a way of controlling. Our freedom is expressed by that we can speak. That we can speak freely. And it's a powerful symbol of quieting people that they cannot. Uh, and it's, according to me, there are so many ways to show that they are actually dangers to your health. Now, 
Another way that you can know that something is, is wrong is that they are banning effective medicines to treat the cure in order to get the people to take vaccines. So you don't have to be a rocket scientist to find out there's something going on here. But there is that is not right. So, but there is such an overwhelming influence through media and through politicians, all these masks and all, you have to get the shot. And according to this former CEO of Pfizer, he said there is absolutely no scientific support for these booster shots that they're now promoting in order to, to uh, stop the variants that are, it's all, he says, a big lie. Now, why am I, and then he says something that is also very important, and that is that today it is money that runs science. It's the people who have money to tell, who tells the scientists what they can do research on. And if they don't get any funding, they cannot do any research. So the people with money are the ones who decide what they are to, to do research on. And if they come up with the wrong ideas, they will not get further support. It's, you know, so that scientists today, for instance, this former CEO, he says, I speak privately with scientists. And they all agree with me, but they will not say it publicly because they know that their career is over. If you don't line up with the people with the money, you, you will not have any future in your career. And that, I have an example of that in Sweden. One of the top scientists in Sweden who used to be an advisor to our government he started to question this industry and within overnight he was shut out from all the whole scientific community as a quark you know as somebody who has totally lost it so there is way to control now the torah says that you should not accept um, bribes because bribes they darken their eyes and, uh, of the people and, and they uh, make the wise lose their sober judgment. Okay. <clears throat> By the way, a final thing I want to say about this with the virus. I have a good friend, a pastor friend in Finland who got very, very sick from this from this virus and ended up in, in hospital with high fever uh, for a long period of time. Uh, but he had people praying for him. And one of the intercessors uh, sent a message that uh, she had felt that that night he was going to have a breakthrough. And what happened was that that night in his high fever, a demon appeared to him and said, I am COVID. And he rebuked that in the name of Yeshua and said, I just cast you out of here. In the morning, he was well. So there, there is a demonic power behind it. And we need to learn to fight this battle 
in the spirit and learn how to, to war against these lies of the devil. I was so encouraged by the worship here in the beginning uh, of this morning's service here when you lifted up the one with, who has all power. <laughs> I mean, it's so powerful to get together and worship the Lord like this. And you know, Satan knows that. That's why he wants to enforce lockdowns and distancing and all of this so we cannot come together to worship and praise the Lord because that is standing in his way. But it, my Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, specifically as you see that the day is approaching. This is more important now than ever before to come together as saints and worship God together. Be encouraged, being lifted up, being strong so that you can fight this battle. Now, what we have to do now is to uh, practice, uh, make a practical application of this because listen you love israel i love israel and there is probably not one nation in the earth that has been more deceived by this than the nation of israel they are the number one people with vaccinations and and lockdowns and all of these things so we need to go to war in prayer. We need to go to war. It, we, uh, let's, let's go to Isaiah chapter 62. And that's why I'm preaching this message here this morning. Because I feel a burden for Israel. I believe we need to pray for a deliverance for the nation of Israel against this deception. We need to pray for people of truth to stand up and expose the lies behind it. I am shocked that was this happening in Israel. And we live there, so I'm in the midst of it. When we return here now, we are mandated with quarantines and all these kind of things. Um, so it affects us deeply. But it says here in Isaiah chapter 62, verse 11, you know, the first verse, it introduces this thing about Jerusalem. For science sake, I will not keep silent. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a burning torch. Believe me, Satan knows this. He knows he is afraid of the restoration of Israel and Jerusalem. That's why he is doing everything he can to, to hinder this. And we need to get into this battle in prayer, friends. And uh, it says in verse 11 here, Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth. Now you have to understand in Ezekiel chapter 5 and verse 5, it says that Jerusalem, I have placed Jerusalem in the center of the earth with nations all around. Ezekiel 5.5. 5. So that is the center of the world. The navel of the earth is Jerusalem. And from Jerusalem, you have four directions, north, south, east, and west. All right? And here God is speaking to the ends of the earth from Jerusalem. And that involves you here in the United States of America because this great nation spanning all the way from Florida to Hawaii, 
You are the West. Yes. So God is speaking to you here, to America. Uh, just like he's also speaking to us in Scandinavia, where I come from, to Sweden, because that's another end from the Jerusalem. It's the north. And then you have the south, South Africa, uh, uh, Chile, uh, South um, New Zealand, and uh, Australia. They're down under in the south. And then you have the east with the far east, China, and so forth. But here God is saying something that he has a program for the salvation of Jerusalem. And it's starting from the ends of the earth. Friends, we need to get into this program and take our responsibility because he's, he's saying to the ends of the earth, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your salvation comes. We are to proclaim salvation for Zion. You know, Paul became the apostle to the Gentiles. And he says in Romans 11, as the apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. I make much of my ministry. Why? Because he knew this, that the way of salvation for Jerusalem will come from the ends of the earth. It will come from the nations through the Gentiles. First, the fullness of the Gentiles shall come in, and so all of Israel shall be saved. There is an order here. So now, it, this is involving you. It's involving us here. We are to have this uh, awesome responsibility to proclaim salvation to Zion. And behold, his reward is with him. One translation translates this as, his work is with him. Ephesians 2 say, we are his workmanship. <laughs> I mean, his reward, there, there is going to be a reward of his suffering from, through a mighty harvest of souls that are going to be reaped in the earth in the end times. I firmly believe in a powerful end time revival. God spoke that to me when he called me in 1977. And he said, There's, I'm going to send a revival that will be much greater than anything you have ever seen before in history. But it's only going to happen to the same extent that you pray. That's what he told me. To the same extent that my people pray. That's how it will happen. That's why he's calling us to prayer, to be watchmen on the walls of Jerusalem and to pray day and night for the salvation of Israel through the, this mighty harvest that is going to come. Now, I was in Colorado Springs last week and God woke me up the morning that I left Colorado Springs with the story about the miraculous catch in Luke chapter 5, and in John chapter 21. Do we have time to look at that, Pastor? All right, let's look at it in John, uh, first in Luke chapter 5. Um, let's read from verse 4. And when he had, that's Yeshua, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. 
And Simon answered, Master, we have toiled all night and we caught nothing. <laughs> but at your word, I will lay down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners on the, in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. <laughs> we have worked all night and we took nothing. But at your word, I will do it. And so they caught a miraculous catch in one moment. And I believe this is prophetic. It's going to come. And what is happening now in the earth with this deception that is spreading is that there are multitudes of people who are beginning to sense there is something not right with this. And I believe God is going to use that to set up uh, a catch of people when they hear the good news presented in a way that can show them the way out. They are going to see, here is the truth. Here is where it's at. Let me just give you one fresh example of that. Shall we read the other passage first? So you see by the mouth of two or more witnesses. John chapter 21. Verse, from verse 3. Simon Peter said to him, I'm going fishing. This was after the resurrection. They said to him, we will go with you. Professional fishermen. Trained from youth to fish in this sea that was full of fish. <laughs> they said, let's go fishing. Yeah, we're going with you. You know, they went in order to catch fish, right? So they went out and got into the boat. But that night, they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, let me tell you, the day is about to arrive at the, when the Messiah is coming. <laughs> Just as the day was breaking, Yeshua stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Yeshua. Yeshua said to them, Children, do you have any fish? So embarrassing. Couldn't he have said something else? <laughs> All right. They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of the fish. A miraculous catch, both in the beginning of the ministry of Yeshua and at the end of his ministry. There was a miraculous catch in the book of Acts. That spread to the ends of the earth. There's going to be a miraculous catch at the end. Just before the day is breaking. We might have toiled all night and not caught much. But I believe God is setting up this thing. Oh hallelujah. <laughs> I have ten more minutes. Oh I'm quitting soon. So anyway, where was I? Yes, I know that. But I was, I was going somewhere else. 
There is going to be uh, a miraculous catch. There's going to be a revival. Hallelujah. And it, the fullness of the Gentiles must come in. There's going to be a harvest. Hallelujah. And that harvest is going to present salvation to Jerusalem. So let's go back to Isaiah where I was. Maybe I can remember what I was supposed to say. <laughs> Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your salvation comes. It's going to come from the ends of the earth. And there are many applications to this. Not only because of the harvest. It's also going to come because of our prayers. We have a very important ministry for Israel in prayer as watchmen on the walls of Jerusalem. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense, his workmanship before him, and they shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. Anybody in the house this morning who can say yes? They shall be called the holy people. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Hold on to the truth of God's word to get sanctified, to become a holy people, redeemed by the Lord. And you, Jerusalem, shall be called sought out, a city not forsaken. The whole focus is on Jerusalem where he is coming back. Amen. Hallelujah. So we, we are going to go to war against this, to break this, um, this deception upon the government of Israel. Let me just give you some clues here. Why was Israel the first country in the world to start with the vaccines? Well, one reason I can tell you that is very obvious. Prime Minister Netanyahu, who was prime minister at that time, is best friends with the CEO of Pfizer. Now, if you read uh, Revelation 18.23, I mean, you, you see the merchants were the great ones in the earth, deceiving the whole world through pharmacia. Uh, you know, do you see Bill Gates here? I mean, his, his name is not there, but it's describing him, right? I mean, it's just to the T. There is money involved here. Tremendous fortunes and money blinds so that's why there was money involved now we have a new prime minister his name is Naftali Bennett and he has been groomed into his position by the same advisor that groomed Netanyahu and his two advisors when it comes to the COVID so-called pandemic are paid for by Pfizer. Now how much of a, of a you know, his advice is paid for <laughs> by somebody who makes money. We need to pray that the truth will come forth. I have 
not been able to speak this message anywhere else, Pastor, but here. That's why I, I was so excited about this morning because I, I felt this is the right platform to give this message. And you are going to receive it and, and you are people who love Israel. You are people who love prayer. And you have been given now, you have been given a task. I place this responsibility primarily on you. But I'm, I hope this video is going to go viral to many, many more to see it. Because we need to stand up as the body of Messiah in the earth now. And begin to expose the lies that are binding the people and causing humanity to come on the brink of hell. And it is also influencing Israel more than anything else. So let's stand to our feet and let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. Hallelujah. We thank you that you have spoken about these things thousands of years ago. Exactly what is happening right now. You have described it so clearly in the prophetic word. And Father, now we want to stand in the gap primarily for your nation, Israel. And we ask, we, we thank you that you have exposed these things in such a way that we can see it and we can see the truth and that you can, can equip us to go to war in the spirit to fight for your people that this shroud of blindness will be removed in the name of Yeshua. Hallelujah. We want to see an opening for the truth to come. Set Israel free, God! We proclaim the truth this morning from the house of praise. Hallelujah! To shatter the enemy. You said you will send the praisers first in the battle. And the enemy will be destroyed. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Hey, do you have something? Go to war, friends. Hallelujah. Oh, Remana Shata Karamana Natita Paramana Nabarati Kebaranatai. Anybody speaking in tongues here this morning? Use your prayer language. Aramani Kaparasati Keredeva Kendoa. Oh, Rabarachi Sheta Karamana Maradegatai. Hallelujah. Ramana Kite. We proclaim freedom for Zion. We proclaim salvation for Zion here this morning. Hallelujah. 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 It will be said on that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Father, we pray for salvation for Zion right now. 
In the name of Yeshua, we pray that you will expose the lies behind this so-called pandemic, Lord. We speak truth to your people, O oh God. We pray that you will raise up bold voices to expose the lies. We cry out to you this morning and we say enough is enough. Enough is enough. Let truth come forth. Well, get to war with the drums and the bass and the whole thing. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Woo. Lift up your praises. Lift up your praises. Oh. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh. storm in the storm don't forget he is lord he is lord of all yes he is there is a king of glory there is a god who saves one who is strong and mighty freedom is in his name so open the gates of heaven Lift up a shout of praise. There is a lion roaring. Jesus, the King of glory. Moment your eyes, stand in awe, stand in awe. There is one, only one, where my help comes from. Oh, yes. Lift your eyes, lift your eyes. There is a King of glory, there is a God who saves, one who is strong and mighty, freedom is in his name. So open the gates of heaven, lift up a shout of praise, there is a lion roaring, Jesus the King of glory. Just one day over all Jesus reigns. I know, I know. Nations bow, mountains shake at the sound of just one day over all Jesus reigns. Yeah, we know. We give you all the praise. 
A moment. I wanted to show you a picture that I asked them to have ready. Uh, this is what we're getting up against. <laughs> Who is the Lord and Savior? That's not big pharma. I mean, thank God for medicine that can do something, but we do not put our trust in that, right? So we declare victory over Big Pharma. We declare victory over Big Pharma over Israel. The same again. There is a savior. Freedom, Israel. Oh, yes, we know. They 
Hallelujah. 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 Harriet wants to come forth. Harriet has a word. And uh, this is the time for words of knowledge. Amen. Amen. What I have is an encouragement that I want to give to you all. Um, Some months ago, God woke me up in the morning with these words. The bell is ringing for the last round. I don't know how you say it in English, really, but in Europe, we have a lot of, of um, sports that are running, you know. Last lap, right? Last lap. That was it. So, um, when the people, the, when the, the sportsmen are running, the long, long runs. Not the short sprint ones, but the long ones. Not the marathon. The ones that is in the stadium, but it's longer than the short ones. And they run and they run and they get more and more tired. And then the bell rings. You've heard that or seen that maybe for the last lap. And all of a sudden, they get this new energy coming. They know the goal is right there. They're going to do one more lap and that's it. And they all get stronger and they have more power and energy. And they run so fast the last lap. They know they're going to reach the goal. And, and the Lord told me, the bell has, is ringing for the last lap. And it was like, at the same time, I saw that the people that are running, you know, as believers, 
we will get more strength, supernatural strength at this last time, this last lap that we have to make. We have to get to the goal, but he will give us that more power, that more anointing, that more energy, and we will not be tired. We will say like, like um, Caleb, when he was 80, he came to Joshua and he said, you know, I have the same strength I had as when I was 40. So give me that mountain. Amen. So an encouragement to you. You will have strength. You will have anointing. You will have power no matter your age. All right. God will do it for the last lap. And we are soon at the goal line. Amen. Adonai Vish Mareka Yaya Adonai Anavilaka Vikuneka Isa Adonai Anav Eleka Vayaseh Leka Leka The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.